Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Philosophive. I'm your host, Justin Land, and today I'm with Porter Singer, formerly known as uh, Sergen Kaur, actually still known as, but um, she'll get into that, I think, a bit later. Uh, she's a musician and a spiritual teacher, and she's been on the show before. I'm very happy to have her on again. Hello, Porter. Hey. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. 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 No. So, big change, of course, with the name change, and um, yeah, of course, I'm very curious about that, what, what the motivation was and is. Yeah, um, it's interesting because I'm still, I'm going through like the reverse right now of what I went through in changing it the first time because I was Porter Singer and then Sergeant Carr and then now Porter Singer again, but I'm not really because I'm not legally Porter Singer anymore. I'm legally Sergeant Carr Um So, but I'm also like, uh, so, you know, so in certain places, like I have to sign off as my legal name, <laughs> which is my spiritual name. It's, anyway, um, it, it also just sort of brings me to a place of like understanding the true sort of, in a sense, arbitrariness of calling someone anything because <laughs> I've been me throughout all of this and, you know, um, named a bunch of things. But okay, so I started thinking about doing this change gosh, maybe like a year ago. I, I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while since it's been on my mind. And I initially, I think it was because I was um, pursuing spirituality outside the realm of, I was doing Kundalini yoga and, and I was practicing Sikhism. And, um, and from a truly like, uh, I don't know, from a truly like, integral perspective i think i still do practice sikhism very much like in the way that it was intended in the beginning um just like i feel like you know christians are not necessarily practicing christianity nowadays and you know so but anyway that's a whole other conversation so i do still feel connected to these traditions but i don't necessarily want to um only create music within that realm and i felt that if i continued to keep this name sirgan card that it would i don't know that i'd be getting some hate mail from you know the fundamentalist Sikhs who <laughs> like why are you recording pop music that's not the real reason but I was just thinking about how it sort of it kind of just pegs me into one genre you know it's like I don't know if I called myself like classical porter and I wanted to do hip-hop or something but that, I don't know that might be kind of funny and ironic but um so so yeah I was thinking about it then it it I don't think it was like a big enough reason for me to actually do anything about it though and um like i was telling you before we started recording um it was it was this thing like that seemed just so big in my mind like it was so it was going to be so difficult to make this transition you know all like the legal stuff and i think in my mind too i was going like i'm gonna have to do it like overnight and make sure everything is the same and all my bios are gonna have to change and my credit cards and my pet you know like um and then something just shifted about a week ago or a couple weeks ago where I was like, so suddenly this doesn't seem like such a big shift to make and I can do it in as much time as I want. Like it doesn't have to be an instantaneous, you know, thing. So, so I uh, was like, all right, I'll just, I'll just say that I'm doing it. It felt really good. And I changed my name on, on Facebook, you know? Um, so really nowhere else except my website. Um, I don't know what to do with my Instagram handle because if I change it, then I have to reroute everything. So it's, you know, it's a little, it's a little messy and not 
uh, not super organized. And also I'm legally serving car, like I mentioned. So um, having to sign off in that way for things. But I think it became like super obvious to me that I needed to do it when I started going into like the dark world of uh, Kundalini yoga and the Yogi Bhajanist cult kind of stuff um, and started talking with survivors and reading people's stories and just getting into like really dark space around that. Um, it was at that moment where I really decided I did not want to be associated with this tribe. <laughs> and, and it's maybe unfair too, because like the name is Sikh and I don't associate all that stuff with Sikhs because they had nothing to do with what Yogi Bhajan did. But because the spiritual name was given to me by, by the Kundalini yoga community, um, it doesn't just feel Sikh. Um, because I could be Porter Singer and be Sikh. You right. know, it was the Kundalini yoga community that suggested that I change my name. Not legally, there was no like forcing there, but um, mm -hmm. there so, is a high value placed on spiritual names. So, I mean, uh, a kind of an impetus for this was, of course, the allegations and uh, seems to be coming to light a lot of yeah stuff I've never heard before. Yeah. And then this was really pushed you to cut off something, a, a part of you uh, that, that, I mean, that you've kind of outgrown, of course. And I think as an, and, and it's interesting as an artist anyways, this reinvention of self happens quite often. I think it's, um, you know, a lot of pop singers uh, don't want to be pop singers anymore. They, and they, they kind of change their day. I know, I know like Justin Timberlake was an example of, you know, he didn't change his name, but, you right. know, but it's part of the, the whole thing, you know, where you, you know, you, um, you're associated with something and, but you're so much more. And, and I think that's kind of for your, I think for yourself, I think it's um, opened up a lot of possibilities to, you know, I mean, obviously you're, you're big for, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the mantras uh, and, on, on the, and I would guess, it, what do you call it? Yoga, music, uh, you know, um, a lot of, uh, get a lot of views and people know you from that, but I'm guessing that, um, yeah, you might just be getting, is it possible you're getting just getting tired of that, doing that type of music as well? Um, no, I, I really enjoy doing mantra music. I'm getting tired of doing only that music. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely not tired of doing mantras. I think I'll, I'll keep doing that. It's just this whole revelation with the, you know, the Yogi Bhajan allegations, which by the way, were not new. I mean, they've been out there for years. I just never really paid attention to it and didn't go so deep into it as to go, Oh my God, what? Like it was, it was so, it was so much worse than, than I ever imagined. Okay, it was like, I guess, I guess we should, I guess, I think we should probably go into this <laughs> a little bit. Maybe you can enlighten the audience and myself as well. Who yeah. Is and what, what exactly are we talking about here? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's some like cult websites and things, and I was trying to explain it to someone the other day. It's like, when you find something that you love, you know, you find like the spiritual practice and this beautiful community of like bright smiley faces and, you know, all this thing. And then there's these like websites that are all these sort of anonymous, like hate letters, basically, you know, cause they're, cause th these people were hurt, you know? So like, it doesn't read like journalism. It reads like, you know, a, a opinion. And so 
from the perspective of somebody not knowing who's writing this and also not really knowing what happened to them for them to feel this way. Um, it was easy, I think, for people to write this off as bad Amazon reviews, basically, you know, like, like, okay, but I enjoy the product. So I don't care that they gave it one star, you know, sort of thing. Um, which is unfortunate, <laughs> because it would really be um, would really be, you know, behoove people to understand the full context of, of this before they get so involved. Um, I just so, I'm sorry, I should ask this, you know, a, a proper host would have started this, but I mean, we have to start <laughs> with, uh, obviously, who he is the founder of Kundalini Yoga, or who was he exactly? The, it's, it's a tricky conversation to have. Yogi okay. Bhajan created what he called kundalini yoga. Kundalini is a yoga term and it's by no means his. So if you teach or practice kundalini yoga, you say kundalini yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan. And it envelops an entire world of practices. I mean, it envelops like a full day meditation course called White Tantric. It envelops um, a whole life philosophy called humanology. Um, a you know a sleep or like a relaxation deep healing practice called satnamrstayan as well as the kundalini yoga which are kriyas and mantras and all these things and one of the things that's come out and this is new um, is this academic paper written by i really need to memorize this guy's name philip something but it's called from maharaj to mahan tantric it's an academic essay and if you're interested in kundalini yoga at all it is a must read because unlike any of the stuff that you get from Kundalini Yoga teacher training, this is all footnoted and actually researched. And so the teachers who are teaching Kundalini Yoga to fellow to people who are, become, who are becoming teachers and teacher trainings are giving you like a, you know, gigantic manual of information and none of it is footnoted. Okay. So it's like, um, you know, some of it comes from yoga, from like basic yoga tradition and like that is sort of generally acceptable, but a lot of it, it's like, where did he get this stuff? And so when you come into it and you go, wow, that's really cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. That I don't so much vibe with this, I, you know, um, but I, it, it was actually kind of embarrassing for me. I'm like, why didn't I ask more questions? Why wasn't I a little bit skeptical? Because I think you just, you want to be part of this world so badly that you're just kind of willing to go, okay, <laughs> you know, you have no evidence for that. I'll try it. You know, so I did, I did a lot of that. I was like, well, let me try that. For example, um, he teaches, you know, not to cut your hair. Okay. So I stopped shaving and all this stuff. And I tried that out for a good long while. Um, uh, you know what else uh, to what that, you, that it you, that it helps meditate if you it helps you meditate if you cover your head that's another thing with the, the, the uh, without the hair thing what's the benefit of that and what did you the benefit is supposedly your body um, uses up energy to grow the hair so when you're constantly cutting it you're like wasting energy basically okay right I mean it must be a pretty insignificant. <laughs> amount of energy too you have to consider um because i've done both and i must admit that i'm not like exhausted now that i shave my legs you know well, it's so, convenient though i mean i guess if, if everybody just doesn't shave that just takes a whole kind of thing out of the, the picture of you know it does yeah do. i mean yeah. it helps you focus i mean so much of it did help me focus and and so much of what i did was beneficial to me at the time i mean so it's not like 
I was totally duped. And one day I looked in the mirror and was like, why have I been, you know, I don't know, hurting myself all these years. You know, it wasn't like that. Um, but it did sort of make me question it. Um, I grew up in a very open-minded household and we, we weren't religious and stuff. So I think I just like wanted to know what it felt like to live within really like strict parameters or something. Um, out of the army, right? Yeah, I don't think I could have done that. <laughs> it had to be spiritual, I think. Right, okay. I always admired my friends that went to church. You know, I always like, I always wanted to go with them. Um, and I knew that I could be part of anything if I just sort of like auto-translated in my head, like, like, oh, I understand the intention of this, you know, as opposed to um, what was being said. But yeah, it it's a... Uh, I think you started with like kind of, you know, the, the overall thing. So Yogi Bhajan was this teacher. He came with this wave of, you know, Eastern teachers, you know, from India that came in like the sixties era and um, people were, you know, coming off drugs. And so it was a very, I guess, empowering way of life for them as opposed to sort of being like, you know, high all the time where they could make themselves high. This is sort of how he marketed, I think, to the, to the hippies and like the, you know, the long hair and no shaving, you know, check, check. We were already doing that. Um, And so I think it just, it appealed to a certain kind of person. And he also, he used women. He used these, you know, women who he made his secretaries. He had like this whole fleet of secretaries whom one of, I'm going to post this podcast, but one of the survivors that I talked to, she, um, she said that they would keep all of the, the books and the press um, that he was mentioned in at the time, like anything he was mentioned in, even if it was slanderous, you know, even if it was horrible, they would put it in this library. And he was al- almost always referred to as having a harem, you know. Um, so, so he had this, you know, fleet of secretaries and they, they were like the bright, shiny faces of, you know, that brought people in, I think. This is uh, something that was brought up to me by Matthew, my Matthew Remsky, who does, who, uh, enjoys talking about cults um but so one of these such characters was this woman pamela who he changed her name to premka um which by the way means girlfriend in punjabi appropriate (laughs) um so uh she ended up writing a book about her experience in this community family cult Josh was encouraging me not to call it a cult, but you know, for, <laughs> for all intents and purposes. Um, and so she came out with this book right after this guy, about a year after, I think the guy published that academic paper. So there was sort of this series of things. And I think people were just kind of more ready now having lived through this and what also happened since the, you know, from the time that she was in the cult to when she published the book, uh, Pamela, is that an entire generation of people had gone through um, K- uh, Kundalini Yoga, KRI, Sikh Dharma. Um, there's so many organizations. That's the other thing. It's like it's just mm-hmm. so pervasive. If you drink Yogi tea, that's I drink it. it. I love it because yeah. it has the little. <laughs> in Germany, it has the little like uh, um, sayings or mottos on the on the papers. Yeah. In America, the same way. I, I love those. Yeah that's a whole other podcast <laughs> but yeah in germany i think it's it might even be bigger than here mm. the yogi yeah. tea. No, but anyway very tasty we? what's up I, I was going with that actually. well I, I think you were going 
now we, I guess we can maybe like the the allegations I'm, I'm assuming are of sexual nature I will just finish this sorry so the whole generation of people had had come through the practice through their parents because their parents joined they were born into it and then they were trafficked basically I mean to really put it bluntly I I had never thought about it that way but I looked up the definition and it's pretty accurate they were sent to live with other families, so like a two-year-old would be sent to go live with some family in, you know, Virginia or Miami or wherever, um, to be away from their parents so that their parents could now serve Yogi Bhajan, right? Because they now had a ton of free time. And they were they would be put to work. You know, they would do chores, they wouldn't really have any sort of schooling. And then when that system sort of fell apart, because it, you know, some of the parents were noticing, I guess, that their children were being neglected, the brilliant idea was, was proposed that they all be sent to boarding school in India. How yeah. How many kids are we talking about? I don't know. You know, that, that would be, I think that's, there are a lot of them who have um, written about this. And I think there was even like a documentary that didn't quite get finished. Um, they have a lot of stories to tell. I certainly am not in a position to tell their stories, but as an overview, I think that that did help to kind of um, shed some light on the whole organization because now you have all these children who have, you know, been through very traumatic experiences and telling their parents. So there's sort of a lot, I think there was just more room for, yeah. for stories to be shared. Right, and, and and so we're talking about um, abuse of also like forcing people to do things like in kind of slave mentality, physical also, physical abuse, sexuality. emotional abuse. Yeah. I'm guessing sexual abuse, right? Is that that's the big one now? That you don't hear about as much. I haven't. Of course, it is a very touchy subject, so it's possible that we don't hear about that from the kids because they just don't want to talk about it. But I I don't know. So I do know about a lot of beating and a lot of um, emotional, emotional. Abuse. But in Bajram's uh, harem, uh, those women like Pamela, she, I'm assuming that she was saying that she, she was brainwashed and she didn't want to be part of his harem. She was sleeping with him willingly, but mm -hmm. she was recognizing in her like reflections how influenced she was by this whole, you know. Right. ideology around him which influenced her decision I think mm -hmm. um but yeah a lot so a lot of women a lot of women he raped a lot of women he you know molested or sexually harassed or mm -hmm. I know a couple of of women who you know were um had this done to them my mom did which is so weird um that she told me like when I started telling her about this she was like well yeah you know Julie's friend Nadia <laughs> I'm like, oh my okay. gosh. Is your mom also in the community or she's No, okay, no. Okay, okay. No, she was in LA though. Um, you know, we I I was in LA until I was about five or six. Mm -hmm. Um and so she she did business in LA and she knew she knew people who who knew him. So the the, the interesting thing about this and, and taking it back to the Josh, you know, Josh I was also listening to his answers, I think, to you and some others who were in that community. Uh, and one of the things is that it's a necessary thing that these institutions have to fall down. Um, and we would not have necessarily perceived it until we were ready to perceive, like you're saying, 
it wasn't relevant for you and that's not that's okay you know because for mm -hmm. your story it's different you know you, you you benefited and now you don't need it anymore and i think that break is interesting because yeah it, it, yeah i think it, it allows you to explore other things now and, and then that makes it kind of a clear you know for other people it's kind of an iffy you know they feel so drawn to the church or some other institutions and um and they're shocked when something happens and, and, and then they feel like they want to break off with that and um but others it's like uh you know maybe they need the break from it you know to really expand uh, whatever their their consciousness or their their perception of reality and that requires some sort of reason you know and uh so it's funny how it, it does serve <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Can I go to show on your computer? Yes. That's a great, calm answer. <laughs> mine is in the other room. Can you, can you close the door, though? Thank you. Yeah, mine's in the other room. He's just, he's hasn't come out yet, so uh, <laughs> all, all good. I mean, uh, yeah, so how, how are you doing with the whole uh, staying at home thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're for me it's sort of funny and I even asked Josh about this actually I'm like so I put my kids in school for six whole weeks because they've been homeschooling until February so you know February I was like I think it's time they go to school um and so they went to school for six weeks <laughs> and then they were home again I was paradise for the six weeks and then what a great six weeks I was getting kind of used to it my my four-year-old gets to go to preschool with like a very limited number of kids. Um, it's funny, they're like very, you know, they're very uh, careful. Like, so they're all wearing masks and gloves and um, they convince the kids that they're wearing ninja masks, oh, wow. which I thought was really cute. Wow. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and I was, I was a little bit hesitant to leave him there. I'm not afraid of the virus, like I have to. <laughs> I've just put that out there like everybody's walking around with their gloves and their masks and stuff and I'm not person and I get it and I'm compassionate I'm not personally afraid of anything in that way I was afraid of my son going to school with all these masked people and how that would impact him emotionally yeah. um so I was looking in there like okay I'm gonna we'll see he looks like he's doing okay like he's willingly walking in you know and then he came out and <laughs> he was like my mask has my name on it nice <laughs> like yeah, I had the best day I, ever I so <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's yeah i mean it's a new times so i hear the it's not i mean in leipzig it's pretty low key there's not a lot of people wearing masks uh or okay. gloves and uh yeah i do go out in the park and uh things are closed but you know it feels like there's there's potential there's relaxing of the rules a little bit maybe in in because you know it's it, it, yeah it seems like Kind yeah. of in a small town. No, no, Leipzig's a, a half a million, so. Oh, okay, it's okay. A pretty big one, and uh, I know I heard. I guess Seattle and New York uh, are two very big hotspots. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, one thing I noticed even before this virus was just how amazing the people here are at following rules. They're really good rule followers. In we Seattle. have a lot of people in the tech industry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm kind of outside. I live in Redmond. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's crazy. 
Yeah, no, because yeah, yeah, you think, well, Seattle's where the whole grunge community came from. You're thinking like, oh, okay, it's kind of a rebel That area. must be why, right? If your parents are like that, then you're yeah. going to like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that, that could be true. Yeah, that's, uh, and, and funny enough, you think that, you know, Germany is very rule-oriented as well, but uh, it, there's a certain softness to it. You know, they don't, I don't think they can do draconian measures or, you know, martial law, you know, especially given the history here. It's, it's mm -hmm. a very interesting situation because the rights of the individual and the ideas and suppositions about potentialities that you can't prove, you know, it's like um, driving a car, of course, is endangering other people as well. Mm -hmm. We still do it. I mean, it's like, well, Technically, if you want to get very strict about protecting people, you reduce right. their, their how much they're driving cars. You would reduce a lot of things. And what's mm -hmm. the point of this? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah. so I, I, it, yeah, I'm going with the flow and it feels at the moment uh, nice. And I'm, I'm guessing for creative people like yourself who into music is especially can be a very productive time because um, you're, it requires I mean, some silence I don't have, but. I, I'm trying. <laughs> okay. And, and so you, um, like, uh, when you do your music, um, I mean, you, I mean, obviously the writing, the, the, the songs, uh, that's something you do. And then the, I know you do a lot of collaborations, um, and songs of Eden. I was a big, mm -hmm. big fan of this, the work you guys do together. Uh, why is it always the Scandinavian guys that are really good at, He's very atmospheric music. I don't. Oh my god, he's so good. Yeah. He, he just. I send him something, and like two days later, he sends me back the whole like thing. I I don't even know how he does it. What do you send he, him exactly? I send him basic chords and a vocal line. Um, and because that's all he needs. Like I mean, I guess I you know I could do more, but that's all he needs. And so that's the scratch vocal, and then he sends me back an entire background whatever and usually it's just perfect you know sometimes maybe I'll be like no I don't even think I've ever sent anything back I think it's been great and then I will record all my vocals so I'll record like my main vocal and the harmony vocals and whatever and I've learned now that I have to edit my own vocals because he's not super into like the detaily like like remove this breath and stuff like that that's not really where where he excels and he spends enough time making the music anyway I don't expect him to be doing that um, but it just says it was sort of like just getting to know you kind of you know work-wise um, I'm doing that now so I'm, I'm feeling good about that because then I don't have to ask him to do it and send it back and it's like this whole back and forth so usually you know I send it back he mixes the vocals um, sometimes I'll be like you know could you make these a little bit you know bigger or uh, I don't know paint it differently or whatever and then he masters it and we're done yeah I was very good. I mean, the raw maj, that just like shot out at me. I was, I mean, it's epic. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's yeah. definitely, uh, so you sent it, I, I, from, it's, it's a mantra, uh, that's Rama Sat, what's the whole? Ra, 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 ma, 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 ma. So this is one of those where we have no idea where it comes from. Kundalini or Yogi Bhajan could have made it up. Like you could say, you will be saying this mantra. You'll be saying pi, 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 ni, 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 si, 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 you know. Um, but, you know, so, but it's using words from, you know, from, from his background. So I don't know. It could have been something that somebody taught him. He could have just made it up. Um, 
but so, Ra's son, right? The son and uh, Ra's yeah, yeah. Moon, so right? they all they all mean something. Like they all have a significance. Yeah, but we don't know. But there's no footnotes. Like where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's a. It, yeah, I guess it, the the tones are nice and they they fit, uh, and I think that's you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. He he actually that one was different. He had something he'd already worked on, and I think that was one of the first things we did. And then he asked me to to sing over it, and that mantra just came to me. I'd never I'd never even really recited that mantra before, but it it would just fit perfectly in yes, there. Yes, it did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, very beautiful, and uh, yeah, so I. It's a, the, you know, well, another big, if you can work with somebody like Kygo, you know, that's, that would be. Who's be that? You haven't heard of Kygo? Wow. Uh, uh -huh. he does, um, Firestone uh, stole the show. He does a lot of remakes of uh, Whitney Houston, Higher Love. Okay. K-A-I-G-O? K-Y-G-O. Um, he's from Norway. I mean, K-Y-G-O. But you know, Avicii and all these, these Scandinavian producers are really, they do very upbeat music mm. that um you know an atmospheric music and i just I just is like that's, that's why i was thinking you know he must be part of that school or generation of um, yeah i don't know i know that he did pop like actual pop music before this i think he kind of wanted a career change mm. it'd be cool to interview him Yes. No. No. I'd be cool to have both of you on the uh, yeah. awesome. Uh, just how that how the that comes together, you know, especially with the distance and like you're saying, you know, you have a vision and you you write it down and you have the chords and and you trust enough to send it through. Yeah. Something. Well, that's a huge thing because in telling people about this. I've realized that it does work so beautifully for me because I don't have an attachment to how it's going to sound when it comes back. I'm just like always delighted, like, Oh wow. I never would have thought of that. You know? So it's not, so if you're, if you're like, which I have been, I've been this type of, you know, musician, like if you're looking for a specific way that you want it done, this is probably not the way to go. Um, but for me right now, it's working perfectly. It's allowing way though. It's the Joshua way. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's basically, you know, um, do what your strengths are, you know, and, and then whatever you're motivated by, like you said, if somebody's not motivated with, you know, editing the, the vocals too much, because that's too tedious, or there's somebody else who's loves to do that. And, and the, that's why all these, you know, um, bands work so well. I think that they're, they're the personalities and what they were, what they love to do is the other guy didn't love to do. And, and that's why these I think mm -hmm. collaborations really work. Um, and I know there's a, the one thing that's missing is the, I guess the in the studio together. You know, I think that that's obviously you you did some obviously work with producers in studios and and, mm -hmm. and, and I've done it a few ways. So the the way that um, like for example, one of the biggest artists in the Kundalini Yoga world uh, is Sonatum, and I think I can't can't say for sure but I'm pretty sure the way she does her albums is the way that I did my album with her producer um and that's a very that's that's a very similar way to, to what we're talking about because basically she just goes in I'll speak for myself I went in we put down a scratch track which is actually pretty detailed he, he gets it like pretty down um I put the vocals down for him to work with um he creates the whole 
thing. He has all the artists come in. Like I'm not there, you know, I just, I do my part and I leave. And then a few months later, all of the instrumentals are done. And then can, he has me come back in and do the vocal, you know? So I wasn't, that wasn't very participatory, um, but it was a beautiful album. And I've also done it where like, which album was that? That, that was Day All. Day All. Okay. It was, uh, is it, what is the one, I am the light of my soul, which is that, does that come from one that's, of those? Or? That's my first ever album okay. um, in, in the mantra genre. Yeah. That's a, that's a beautiful song and that was very nice yeah. uh, and vocals. We, and we did all of that. We produced it and, okay. and it was the lowest budget album with the most amount of plays for <laughs> Isn't that um, funny how that works sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I don't think either of us ever thought that that album would still be listened to. I mean, yeah. I hear you hear that very often with uh, like if you love um, musicians, they're like they have no idea why that song was you know blew up or whatever. Yeah. Like that, why, yeah. why they, they had this other song they were so positive it's so amazing and then nobody's really right. listening, but they're all like and it's like okay you know um well it's funny because uh, sorry I, no, no no please uh, no no of course it's funny because it's another duality thing for me so like one of the reasons i think that that song did so well is because white tantric yoga which is under the branch the big you know branch of kundalini yoga tree um used it as a as the soundtrack to their slideshow of yogi bhajan photos that they play on every break of white tantric yoga and white tantric yoga happens several times during the year like all over the world so that song was getting played everywhere and people were listening to it sometimes all day long right you can do that with that song yeah so you know at some point they'd be like what is this song i don't know i'm just guessing um but but I've been told that that's, you know, it's like they never changed the song and they can, you know, it's just, it's like the one that goes along with the DVD, but you could totally mute it and play other music. <laughs> um, but some people just don't. So that song got a lot of plays. So it's like, on the one hand, you know, there's this practice that's probably totally made up by this guy and it's, <laughs> um, but you know, by this guy, but it like served to, you know, it, 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 it's hilarious. I'm there's not that- totally. But, but it's funny because it like did he claim that it comes from ancient or there's some sort of grounding you were saying like yes he, he claimed, claimed that this. he was he claimed that he was given the title of mahan tantric by the soul the etheric body of a i know i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get, I'm gonna get this wrong i apologize but like a a llama like some right some buddhist llama i think hmm. because their teacher gave him the llama this title it only belongs to one person ever on the planet this is the story and when when the llama died he felt it mm. so i mean and and the, the one of the things that this article um the mahan the maharaj to mahan tantric says is that there is no living record of this llama now that doesn't necessarily mean that he never existed, but it definitely doesn't prove that he did. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. But I mean, just the story, it's, it's like very mythical, right? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't say, and then my, like, like he didn't just say, and then my teacher bestowed the title of Mahan Tantric to me. It's like, no, my teacher gave it to someone else. Then he died. Right. And then I was given it um, from the non-physical. 
But, I mean, right. No, no. I mean, uh, yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, there's always with a lot of these um, teachings, you do have that coming into it, you know, and it's, 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 it's uh, I mean, with the Mormons, of course, you know, what, what I, was that, was that, there's something in there with like a UFO giving a gold tablet that, to I I mean, I'm getting this wrong, but <laughs> oh, that he found. Yeah, I I don't know. I actually that's the other tradition that I'm kind of familiar with because right. my ex husband's family was Mormon. Right. So I've just heard a lot of stories, but I don't. I know that he that he got a tablet. I thought it was God that gave him to. No, it. I, and that was, that was probably a pretty messed up. <laughs> that was an angel of some sort. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh right. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. UFO. But it could be. I mean, like there is be, some. But there is some. There is some very like, wow, that is a story. Oh my gosh. Yes, but we're living <laughs> in a story, so like it, it, it's it, the more and more, mm-hmm. you know, the guys with the big imaginations. There, you know, <laughs> sure. Hubbard too, Ron Hubbard uh, with Scientology. I mean, we can knock it as much as we can't want to, and you know, and whatever the practices. Of course, there's a lot, you know, but inevitably, any system with these, you know control systems, mechanisms, you know, people want, like you're saying, you wanted that too, you know, we're, we're bouncing around in this conversation, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's, I think it feels part. safe. I think it right. feels safe. Right. No, no, no. And you, you got to get something out of it, but uh, it, the coming at some point you want to come out of that, that body of thought and those controlled, because you're expanding, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. you can't expand within confines of, of thought you know thought wants yeah. to go out further i mean it doesn't want to think about yesterday so much yesterday is not relevant now we we, we live in a world that's inventing itself over and over again from the past but the past is is literally non-existent it's like we're mm-hmm. in now and we're carrying all this stuff into it and because it feels yeah. safe like you said it feels safe but it was never I, I mean this was never meant i think to be like that you know it's more a creative process of self-exploration and so everybody it can be their own guru uh it's not um mm-hmm. and then that's what's happening at this point you're getting a lot of people who are like yourself and others who are just you know finding in themselves and 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 that's what comes to you i think you know, the, the great thing with your name change thing coinciding with this and and and, and going through the the whole process with the boot camps with Joshua and, 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 and you know, that, that, I think that kind of, you know, it's nice to have a, a marker of that sort. Like I'm not the person I, I never was that anyways, but it's mm-hmm. like, um, maybe we should all do that. Like every day, give ourselves a new name. Should, uh, <laughs> like being called Teddy. I mean, whatever. That's I mean. like what, that's like what five-year-olds do. That's what I used to do when I was little. Seriously. Give yourself, yeah. give yourself a new name. Yeah. It's funny, actually, because when I was um, when I was Porter Singer before legally, I never wanted to say I was Porter Singer. I wanted to be Porter. So I have another album that's actually just Porter. I didn't want to use my full name. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting. And now I'm like, and I actually am unable to separate that name from a band by the same name. Um, like it's in process. So I can't use that name, just Porter, until it separates, which has left me in this kind of limbo of like, Maybe I should just use both my names. Maybe I should use my whole name. You know, maybe yeah. I should just no, your be name all is PS of me. too. P.S. You know, that's a nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, mm-hmm. or, uh, but uh, there's also Gregory Porter, uh, right? Is, or is it? Um, 
He's a Cole Carter. Uh, the, I forget it was. He's a really big singer. Um, and uh, as a do R and B, but great voice. Okay. Um, but yeah, obviously that was like it seems like it was a predestined that you have this name. You know, and it's like you were on your website. I think it, it just like yeah. It, I always felt so because my parents, you know, that we had this, there was this big, you know, mythological story around my name um, that, you know, so they, they, they say that they were uh, sleeping one night. My mom was pregnant. They weren't going to, they weren't going to determine the sex of the baby. So they didn't, they didn't know I was going to be a girl. Um, They're both artists and they wake up from this dream that they both have. And they're like, I just dreamt about our baby. And they're like, okay, go into the other room and draw the baby and, you know, write down the name. And so they like compare notes and it's like this identical looking baby girl named Porter. And I, and I would always hear this story and be like, couldn't, couldn't it have been like a different name in the dream? Because <laughs> I never liked it. No, but it's beautiful. I mean, it's like, uh, <laughs> so you're, you're saying your parents, uh, they're open-minded and, uh, but they real, obviously they realize this is, a non-physical uh, connection happening. Uh. Yeah, I, I don't, my dad's not, yeah, yeah, no, I, I would say that. They, they're both kind of, they're both pretty spiritual. I'm not sure if they realized that it was like, you know, I'm not sure that they realized it at that level that it was like a message from the non-physical. Um, what else could it be? It doesn't, I mean, like, like the explanations for things are very, you know, I think, you know, it would have been like a premonition maybe, or like intuition or something, you know, like, cause I think we use these words, right. And we don't really think about the full view of them. And even when we say non-physical, like I was reading something from Astrid the other day, it's like, you just, you basically just go into the next dimension, but once you're there, there's more to understand. So, the, you know, the differences are, you know, obviously I would say that everything is not, physical it's indeterminate in some respect you know it's 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 just we're determining with our our focus we're saying that's that's something but that something is obviously part of infinity and right it's it's not a, a form you know we're just giving it the form so I, I would say formless maybe is a better term I have no idea I guess we have yeah. to die and find out I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what ha- I think that's what happens yeah. so I think I think the fun is the kind of not knowing and the wondering so. No, absolutely. No, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, maybe that's a good point to maybe, um, I guess, close the podcast because uh, yeah, I think we we jumped around a lot, but I yeah. got back to your name and uh, <laughs> I wish you a, a much success and, um, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to whatever music or creativity that comes out of this, um, this, this change is happening in you and uh exciting thank you thank you yeah enjoy so your day my evening uh, your here. evening that's Nine right yeah. yeah so it's all right again. well your next day <laughs> yeah enjoy your day and uh till next time right yes all, all right, right bye bye <laughs>